Hello, Restoration Church. I'm Pastor Mark. And I'm Pastor Ken. And we are so glad you are joining us as we continue the conversation. Thanks for joining us. I know we had a few listeners mention they enjoyed last week's episode. We appreciate the encouragement. We look forward to seeing where today's conversation goes. And we want you to know, too, that we are now on Apple Podcasts. So if you normally listen to podcasts there, you can search for Restoration Church Bedford and find our podcast there. And we'd love for you to subscribe if you haven't already. Before we jump into this week's conversation, I need to give an update to our last episode. Uh, I shared an illustration about Baskin Robbins, and I found out, thanks to our listeners, Bloomington just opened a brand new Baskin Robbins. Yeah, I understand it's right next to Dunkin' Donuts where Steak and Shake used to be. That sounds like a great combination, (laughs) Dunkin' Donuts (laughs) and Baskin Robbins. So I may have to stop by there next time that uh, we're in Bloomington. And sample some ice cream. I wonder if they still have those little pink spoons. I don't know if they still have those or not. I'm curious to know myself. (laughs) We'll have to check that out. So thanks to Doug and Brett for sharing that info, letting us know. We're excited to check that out. So let's jump in. This past Sunday, we continued our journey in the Your Neighborhood series by looking at the story of the Good Samaritan. You can listen to the audio of that message if you haven't already heard it or, or need a refresher in the previous episode on this podcast. So the that story, the Good Samaritan, is found in Luke 10, if you want to go back and read that again. There are so many details, so much there. I made a comment to somebody this last week, you know, trying to handle that passage. There's just so much there. But uh, but we just kind of have this conversation surrounding the, the parable that Jesus has with that expert in, in the law. Yeah, so you asked this question on Sunday. I wonder what the Good Samaritan had going on that day. That was something that I'd really never thought about. Yeah, what we talked about is th- this whole idea of distraction is death to the mission. Mm-hmm. And I hate distractions. Uh, even today, I've had all kinds of distractions, all kinds of interruptions. And, and you know, the, the natural part of me says, uh, you know, I, I've, I've got to stay on task. I've got to, you know, I've got to stick to the mission. The question for me comes, and this is where we were this last Sunday, what's the distraction? What's the mission? If we get those things confused... Um, and, and Jesus always saw people as the mission, Hmm. not as the distraction. His ministry was nothing but distractions. It seems as we understand distractions, Hmm. but that really was, was the mission. And I think if we can look at our interruptions, our distractions, um, helping people as the mission rather than the distraction, it, it changes the way we we see those quote unquote interruptions. It's good. I have found when when our plans get get interrupted, God seems to take care of our own to-do list, right. right? I mean, either we realize that those things weren't as important <laughs> or, you know, God will provide the time later that day, maybe the next day. Uh, I know myself, I've never regretted letting God work through those interruptions. Hmm. And I think, like you were saying, as we continue to become more and more like Jesus, following his example, being that good neighbor that he calls us to be, 
they become less and less interruptions, right? And we realize them for what they are, those moments where God's kingdom can can break through in, in small yet powerful, powerful ways. Those deep sighs that sometimes accompany those interruptions, like, oh, here we go again, right? Uh, I think over time, as we see God work through these moments, they can become those moments where we can be grateful mm-hmm. and and we can live with this attitude of God thanks again for this opportunity that I did not see coming. Uh, it just becomes again a part of just just who we are. Right. To sort of wrap up this point, we got a response from Kim. She said a couple of weeks ago, I heard Gloria Gaither say this. I have found that God was in my interruptions and not in my plans. That's true. Yeah, that's good. So the last point you made on Sunday is Jesus loved those who hated him. Mm-hmm. With this point, it's it's almost as if Jesus turns the question around on that expert of the law who asked, who is my neighbor? It's almost as if with this parable, Jesus responds with, sort of the opposite of that question, who isn't my neighbor, right? And that's that's tough for it, us. Right. It is tough. And, you know, what What I'm learning, uh, and I think we see in this story, is the the way that we learn to to deal with that is to, to remember how Jesus has dealt with us. Um, we, we need to remember that, that while we were still sinners, you know, Romans 5, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We were the enemy. We hated God, and God still loved us. And when I think about the story of the Good Samaritan, we're the ones that are in the ditch, so to speak. Um, you know, and, and, and when you're in the ditch, you don't care who, who it is who is coming to help you. <laughs> you just need the help. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's where we were with with Christ. And he, he came to, to help us. And, uh, and I, I, I see it the same way, but we need to understand that we get this help. We, this is tough, but Jesus helps us, uh, in the same way that he helped us, we can help others. Yeah. And it's so easy to forget what Jesus has done for us. I think about the parable of the unforgiving servant in Matthew 18. You may be familiar with the parable. Uh, there is a, a master who, um, who there was a man who owed uh, the master a large sum of money, um, a debt that probably was not going to be able to be fully repaid. Right. And uh, the ma- the master was ready to. Uh, sort of sell off this man and his wife and kids. Uh, and the man just begs with the master, please, uh, please uh, allow me, give me, you know, be patient with me. I'll pay back everything. Although that probably was impossible. And the master has pity on him mm-hmm. and, and forgives the debt. Uh, the servant, the man goes out and he has a servant that owes him just a little bit of money, <laughs> right? Just a little bit of money. Uh, and he grabs him and scripture says he chokes him and demands that he repays the money. And in the same way, the servant to this man begs and pleads, just be patient with me. I will pay it back. And the man responds by by throwing him in prison. Mm-hmm. Right. The word gets back, obviously, to, to the master and the master catch what he says to the servant. He says, you wicked servant. 
I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on on you? It's so easy for us to forget how great our sin was and how great we needed our Savior to be, how great our Savior is. If we don't lose sight of that, maybe it's a little easier to notice the person in the ditch, to yeah. notice the person in need, even if it's somebody that that hates us, because that is what was done for us. Mm-hmm. When we see somebody in the ditch, we can we can say, hey, I was there mm-hmm. and Christ helped me. It's good. Yeah. Very good. Well, I, I think it's important too to mention boundaries. Um, you know, I mentioned the the story of Bob Goff and Cobby, the witch doctor. What a story! Uh, but I, you know, as in researching this story, Bob Goff actually said, you know, it's it's important that we don't just hear this story and say, well, I need to run into the most unsafe situation possible, you know, as their savior, that kind of thing. He said, I'm not saying that kind of thing. And, you know, attached to that, he said, he said this, I'll just read what he said. He said, sometimes we also get the impression that if we go across the ocean, it's more noble than going across the street. Mm. And I think he says, he says, and I think all of heaven is leaning over the rails, hoping we'll just go across the room, the campus, the street, to someone who hasn't been that easy to love. And that makes such a great point, I think, for me. Um, recognizing that, you know, we, we can't we can't just look at stories like this. And this is an awesome story that, you know, that story of Kabi, the witch doctor and, and, and the gospel that was presented there. But we can't just look at those stories and say, well, that's what God's calling me to. What is God calling you to? It could be that he's just calling you to go across the room. It's great. That's so good. We got a response from Becky. Um, she said this, I can think of one person that sometimes comes to mind that I should be a neighbor to. God does bring her to mind ever so often. I will make time to pray about her specifically this week. Um, what a what a noble and honorable endeavor. Sure, uh, that's such a simple yet yet powerful discipline. Prayer unlocks the power of of transformation in our own hearts. Um, there's an author, Henry Nowen. He wrote a book called Compassion, and in his book, I, I want to read just a couple of lines from it. He says, "The first thing we're called to do when we think of others as our enemies is to pray for them." Mm. He goes on to talk about how hard that that is. Those people who we consider as opponents or, or those who have caused pain or, or harm to us. When we pray, we're inviting them into the center of our heart. And that that is that is really, really difficult. But listen to what he says about what happens when we choose to pray for those that may be difficult to pray for. He says, it is impossible to lift our enemies up in the presence of God, and at the same time, continue to hate them, mm-hmm. continue to hate them. When I think about that, perhaps prayer is a great starting point for us to consider. Absolutely. And Jesus himself said it that way, didn't he? Pray. You've heard that it was said to the people long ago, love your neighbor, hate your enemies. I tell you, pray for those who yeah. persecute you. Yeah. yeah. Pray for your enemies. 
uh, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Um, it, I'm, I'm reminded of several years ago, my family was going through some difficult time. Um, and uh, difficult times oftentimes <laughs> have to do with difficult people. Mm. Um, and, you know, we were talking this last week about, you know, who is it that hates you? There were, there were people that, uh, that my mom felt they hated her. They, they hated mom and dad. And, and I love, and I will never forget what my, what my mom did in those days. She, she created this, she took a blank piece of paper, just, you know, regular copy paper, typing paper. And she drew three big circles on there. And in the largest circle, she, uh, concentric circle circles, like a bullseye. And, uh, on the largest circle, the outside of the target, she wrote the initials of all of those people that she knew were praying for her, helping her, you know, doing what they could to support her. The second circle, um, she wrote the initials of those that, that uh, well, she wasn't really sure where they came, you know. <laughs> do we have support from them or do, do we not have support from them? But then in the smallest circle, um, and it was a small circle. She wrote the initials of all of those people that she knew. You know, mm-hmm. they're the ones that given me a hard time. I don't think they like me. And what she did next is in that small circle, she she had this file of clip art and she found a picture of Jesus's face. And she cut out Jesus's face, just the exact same size as that circle. And she put glue all over the back of that picture Mm -hmm. and pasted it right over the initials, you know, in the bullseye of that target, recognizing that (laughs) I can't do some things about what, you know, someone, someone wrote me this last week and said, I can't make someone love me. We can't. Mm -hmm. I can't make. And that's hard. But what we can do is pray for them. As Jesus treated us, we can treat others. And to, to recognize they're under, <laughs> under prayer. You know, I give them to Jesus uh, is a powerful uh, illustration that, that I never want to forget. Start with prayer. I love it. I love it. Uh, so we invite you again to continue to consider these questions. Who hates you? And how could you be a neighbor to them? Thanks again for listening in. We would love for you to follow or subscribe if you haven't already so you can catch the next episode. We look forward to continuing the conversation with you.